Joining me now, former Ohio Governor John Kasich. After the Las Vegas shootings, I convened a group in Ohio to pass some reasonable gun control measures. I had to do most of them by executive order because I couldn't get any of it through the legislature. Since Las Vegas, when I convened a group, there has been 34 of these type of shootings. And the fact of the matter is, it is outrageous for the politicians to just sit back and hope this will go away. One other thing. The media has a tendency to focus. They focus, they focus, and then it goes away. So there's no pressure. Now, I hear all this thoughts and prayers. I mean, I like to pray with the best of them. But, you know, prayer without action doesn't matter. If we're at a position in our society where all we can offer each other is prayers, where are we as a society where people die and that's the end of that story? This is going to be a story for how many days? Less than a week. People will forget about us after a week. Um, I'm going to need more than a couple days of news coverage and some thoughts and prayers. And so thanks for your prayers, but I couldn't give a f about them if there's nothing else. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Because I'm kind of an idiot. I'm a dumb guy. Ryan, you don't have to keep trying so hard to impress me. I already really like you. Your midweek download destination. I told you about Brian. I told you. Come on, man. Brian was just making a joke. I'm so lucky to have met you, Brian. You're such an amazing guy. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. And note to self, try not to be insensitive. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Stone on Air podcast, the weekly dose. One day late this week, I apologize. Recording this the night before for a release for the 8th of August, 2019. Thank you so much for finding the show. So, 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 let's see. A little out of it today, actually. Part of the reason I was so busy and not able to uh, to get the show out on time is because it's back to school, and I've never had to care about that outside of when I had to go back to school. And for some reason, I don't remember... I don't remember any of those first days of school. Seems like those should be memorable days. I guess maybe... It seems like that to me now because of the trend that just seems to grow and grow and grow more and more and more of taking pictures of your kids and having them hold up signs and stuff. And then and and you regularly see like first day, last day, you know, all those kinds of things. It kind of goes right along with the the birthday parties and the smash cakes and then and now they have the I'm 3 months old and I can giggle and I can smile and you know all these things. And I, I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. Um, it's a little annoying from afar, but I get it. Have fun with your life. If that's if that makes you happy, if that makes your loved ones happy, that's cool. So I guess maybe that's why it feels like they should be memorable. But when I think about it, I cannot remember one day of first day back to school in my entire life. Not, e- not even high school. Um, I guess I can kind of remember when I first went to Chattanooga State, but not the first day. I mean, I remember being there and being pretty nervous. Um, or I don't know if nervous is the right word, but, uh, whatever. And I guess I'm, I'm saying that I don't, I don't remember it. 
Um, so I guess maybe that's just a newer phenomenon to have the first day of school be such an event. But so the reason I, uh, I'm, I'm even going down this road is because I'm going to talk a little Hamilton County education here in this first segment. First of all, it's just kind of falling at the, at, at the same time by happenstance. And, um, I, you know, my girlfriend's got kids, so I was helping get them to school this, this year, you know, this day, yesterday on, on, um, uh, Wednesday. And, um, and I, I had to go to Eastridge Elementary, and I have, you know, I've never done this before, and I honestly don't know what I'm doing. And this kid is new; her kid is new to this school as well. So it's like, uh, you know, I know I can figure it out, but uh, we get there, and there's, you know, they got boombox set up out there, you know, big CD player set. This guy's going through his discs. I'm sure the kids are looking at him like, "What the hell are those?" And he he's getting music ready for when they open up the door and everybody's fist you know fist bumping and it was I mean it was kind of cool and it was kind of neat how they uh, all the enthusiasm that the uh, faculty uh, showed there and very helpful and as soon as they opened the doors because I, I made sure and get got there early considering not having any idea what I'm uh, getting myself into and they have I'm too sexy is uh, from Right Said Fred was the first song that played I don't know it's probably like Jock Jams or Arena Jams or something like that but I thought it was. Uh, an interesting experience. So, uh, let's see. Let's let's lay out the show here real quick. And so, I am exhausted. I've been up since six o'clock this morning. It's late Tuesday night. Uh, I'm going to do this show probably a little expedited, and uh, might cut a couple of corners. I don't know. You know me. Sometimes I just ramble and ramble and ramble. We'll see how it goes. So, today's uh, three segment show in the fi- the second and third uh, second and final segments are going to kind of blend together. They're going to be very similar in overall subject matter with a couple of different points to be made in each one. And I'm not exactly sure which one's going to have more of the other, but I'm going to talk about things going on. Right. All right. I mean, this, the shooting, the, 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 the shootings that happened and, um, you know, not so much the, 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 the play by play or the, the review back or, or what, what are we going to do about this? And I, I'm madder than hell. Like, none of that stuff. I'm going to try to try to go a little bit of a different uh, angle. But the main thing in the final segment is I am going to answer the questions, why do all these things happen more in America? I'm going to give you I'm going to give you an answer to that question, right? Like, why do we have so many more shootings? Why do we have so many more mass shootings? Or why is incarceration so much higher here than everybody else or everywhere else? Why do we have more uh, drug addiction and more overdoses and more disease? Why does that happen in America? I'm going to answer that question and I'm going to answer the question, how can we stop mass shootings and gun violence? I'm going to answer that question, both of those questions in the final segment and in this in the, in the second segment uh, again, a lot of the same subject matter, but more audio from the man who should be our president right now, John Kasich, uh, formerly of oh, a governor of Ohio, right? Wasn't he the governor? Pretty sure he was a governor. And um, he uh, was the only adult in the room when it came to the 2016 uh, candidates for, uh, at least from the, the GOP side. Um, he is a really, really, really smart, good, quality Christian Republican who uh, deserved to be president of the United States. He just, you know, he's not a great-looking guy. He's not flashy, and um, he's not pretty. We can't um, sensationalize him in any way. And uh, a very qualified man who should be running our country isn't. And just like a lot of politicians, which is just a little annoying, when they get out of office, then they start being real. Then they start being honest, and they start actually telling you what they actually think. 
furthering along my opinion and my thoughts that these 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 are not public servants and they're not people to be held in high regard and they're not people to have high high levels of respect for and they're not people to uh, to, to to feel like they're actually doing anything for anybody other than themselves there are exceptions there are outliers but there's in my experience there's not that many anyway several clips from him in the second segment Okay, so let's get right into this. Now, this was going to be the biggest local story I would I'm guessing that we've had outside of, you know, something in the grand scheme of things which is kind of meaningless like a sporting event, like a sporting organization like soccer. Uh, I think that this was about ready to be a really big local story, and I was gearing up for it. And I was getting ready to do an impossibly an entire podcast this week on this and what you might have heard of this you might not have the chances are you might you very well could have missed it um at the end of last week clay travis out of nashville national guy now just a clown used to be one of my favorite broadcasters until he started reading his own hype and believing his own hype and then and then appealing to the broed out Trump, uh, Trumpification of the world, and 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 he's pushing envelopes and trying to be more edgier and every day and trying to expose all these things. And sometimes he does, and sometimes he doesn't. And he beats dead horses into the ground. I really am annoyed by the guy, but he's very powerful, and his voice goes a long ways. And somebody sent him some screenshots from a presentation at one of the Hamilton County in-service uh, gatherings, meetings, whatever they exactly they're called. I'll come back to that more in a minute. I'll explain what this is a little bit better as best I can. So what these these gatherings are, uh, I don't know how many different ones they are, but they're different areas of the county. They gather and they have uh, motivational speakers. They have presentations. Just kind of a, a we're getting ready for a, another school year and, Here's a little bit of encouragement. Here's some things to look out for. Here's some new ideas. And it lasts for about two hours. And the, the screenshots that were sent to Clay Travis came from a presentation from, what are they, uh, damn it, what do they call? Let's see. Okay, Opportunity District. So this is the area of the county, schools, inner cities that have um, different cultures and uh, you, you get the idea. And it's, you know, there's incentives for teachers to want to teach in these areas because, you know, obviously if you had the opportunity to teach in a more affluent area, I mean, I'd say most people probably would. So these are areas they spend a little extra time on to try to acclimate everybody to what they're, what they're getting themselves into and, and give them the motivation they need to get through. Oftentimes are people, kids that are coming from really troubled backgrounds and broken homes and drug addiction with their, with their family and their parents a lot of the time and poverty and all those kinds of things, right? And so every one of these in-service uh, meetings, gatherings, I'm sorry for lack of a better way of uh, describing them, they're all going on at the exact same time. And uh, and so you're only aware of the one that you're at because they're all going on over a two-hour period in the late morning last week sometime. And the only reason I, I know much of this is I, I a teacher that was at the meeting, at the Opportunity District meeting, sought me out and told me all this stuff. So I wasn't there, and I can't exactly fact-check all of it, but I, she gave me a pretty good overview of what was happening. So he gets these screenshots, he throws them out there, and then starts, you know, throwing gas on the fire. And these, I've got them printed off. They're hard to read. But taken alone, just by themselves, it is 
it is very puzzling as to what exactly you're looking at here. One of the screenshots says white privilege. White privilege is both a legacy and a cause of racism. White privilege exists because of historic enduring racists and biases. Another one says white privilege. It's another screenshot from a uh, like a presentation. Think of like a slide presentation. Uh, less likely to be followed, interrogated, or searched by law enforcement. Skin tone will not affect their credit or financial responsibility. When accused of crime, will be portrayed as a good person. Don't lose opportunities when mistakes are made. So, yeah, you just glance at this and you wonder what the hell's going on in this, uh, in this presentation and who is, who is giving this to who and why. And then the last one I can't read. It came out uh, uh, too too blurry for me to see it, and um, and it was the one that was even more difficult to just read without having any context. And something we all f- often forget is context is king. But in a social media look at me, look at this now kind of world, we, you know we don't sometimes let context slip. It's from WRCB TV. An in-service motivational presentation to teachers today has stirred up debate. Some are saying the message was racist and inappropriate. Uh, Rhonda Thurman, who was not at this at this uh, uh, this gathering, she is District One school board member. "Quote: It really hurts my heart that we have gone down this road." It says slides titled "White Privilege and Racism." were presented to teachers across the district by Robert Jackson, a former NFL player turned educator. Let's see. It says another one. So this is one I couldn't read. This is one that's in the piece. It said racism. The slide says people of color cannot be racist because they lack the institutional power to adversely affect white lives. And it had more on there than that. But you, you, you get the idea. You get where this is coming from, and you can start to understand both good and bad why people are freaking out about this. Uh, let's see. The school board district responded to the outcry on social media saying the, sleeve, the slides were taken out of context. Let's see, quote, people see a, ter- a term and they have their own conceptions or misinterpretations of their interpretations of it, said Hamilton County School spokesman Tim Hensley. Brian Johnson, superintendent, was unavailable for comment. Hensley says, despite what the slides read, the speaker was trying to show different perceptions. Quote, these were connotations that are given to a term that he was going through that different people have. Sentence kind of makes sense. Uh, and then, of course, Tim Boyd can't do anything to make keep his name out of it. Hamlin County Commissioner Tim Boyd weighed in on Twitter saying, Dr. Johnson should be present in, present in front of the commissioner's meeting next Wednesday to explain the reason for Jackson's presentation. Rhonda Thurman goes on to say, we are graduating kids who can't read in high school, and this is what you waste teachers' time doing, teaching them this nonsense. Teaching them this nonsense is what she says. Hensley says in the future, the school system will put out additional safeguards in place for external presenters to ensure there is less potential of misinterpretation of the context. And what the teacher I talked to who said, you cannot say my name out loud, um, said what, what they're doing is with this presentation, and and this is a this is a professional motivational speaker. So he's got, I'm sure, different kind of ways to go around things. Come here, come back there, and come back around to it later on. Right? They're really you know, a good motivational speaker can keep you hanging for a while, and then you know kind of give you the payoff eventually. And what what this was 
what they were trying to, to the point they were trying to make was that these are perceptions that people have. The certain uh, d- demographics, certain cultures, grow up believing these things, believing that this is actually true. Not maybe spelled out word for word by that. That's using a more stripped down, maybe scientific for lack of a better way of putting it. These kids and these families that are in these opportunity districts, as they're called, don't word that out on a slide, a slide like that. But they're, these are things that many people are, it's learned behavior. It's all about how you're raised. It's all about you know, the, the things that you're exposed to, the things that you eat, the things that you hear, the, the, the entertainment that you're allowed to watch and the, the, the information that you're allowed to consume. And th- these things are real. And when you're dealing with these children and educating them, you need to understand and not, and, and not disregard the fact that your perceptions are completely different from these children. And you have to, you have to recognize that. You have to appreciate that. And so after talking to her and after reading these, you know, albeit a little cluttered and worded odd um, response from the Hamilton County Schools, that makes sense to me. It makes sense to me and under, you know, trying to take your bias out of the situation was what I believe that was meant to do. That was meant to give you a very clear understanding that you're dealing with people who do not view life ideological, ideologically with you whatsoever. You still have to educate them. You still have to discipline them. You still have to, you still have to be in the same room as these children every day and interact with their parents and try to be successful. And I, I believe that that's exactly what that was. And so it's not really that big of a story. And the main reason it's not is because of the shootings that weekend. This this was a Friday night, a Friday evening. Started to hit Twitter. I remember telling my dad he came over on Saturday, helped me do some stuff at the house, and I said, "Have you heard about this stuff with Hamlet County Schools and these slides and this presentation from the other day?" And he's like, "I, I didn't know." And I was like, "Well, it's because it hit at four thirty on a Friday, and if it survives the weekend through some retweets and some Facebook chatter and a Reddit post." You're going to be reading about it first thing Monday, and while it might have been in a in a newspaper or a, you know somewhere on the social media world on a Monday, uh, nobody nobody cared because of having not one. You know, hey, we're used to one. Hey, there was a shooting. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's about time, right? It's been a little while. Well, boom, there's two, and that kind of took over everything. And I don't want to say. I mean, be careful how you word how you word these things. I, I don't want I especially now that I'm I'm sitting there looking at these schools now and I've got kids that are you know that I at least have you know have in my life to a certain degree and I now care about education more because I'm looking at it I'm closer to it it it's uh it's more important to me now and I believe what Hamlet County schools are doing right now sounds to me I've heard it from enough people that I trust that they're doing things right and they're planning for the future. They're not just planning for next week. They're planning for next decade. And they've cut out a lot of the mess that's been that, you know, that's just been there for a long time. And this is now, I mean, kids and teachers are turning into a political football. This, the, the, the commissioners are at each other's throat at the, at the Hamlet County commission. Tim Boyd is your, your, your Trump light over there. 
Sabrina I, it was Turner. Now I think it's Smedley is your Kellyanne Conway over there. And now they're using they're they're using politics to to try to figure out how they are or are not going to fund the school at the at the kids and the teachers' expense. That goes back to the to the thirty four cent tax increase here in the uh, county to put major amounts of real dollars to do real real change in a, innovatively over time here in uh, Hamblin County. And now we're back to just where we've been. And I mean, teachers cannot afford to properly teach children in the public school system here. I I watched it with my own eyes today. I I felt kind of like the jerk that didn't participate. So many kids and parents walking around bringing extra bags of paper towels and pens and papers and and uh, Clorox wipes and all kinds of things to their teachers because these, these teachers can't aff- they can't afford to clean up after them, let alone make sure they're properly educated in a chaotic nature that is a bunch of children, you know. But so through going into this and trying to read up as much as I can and understand the school system and where the money's coming from and who's in charge of what, I stumbled on something that's starting to make a lot of this make more sense. It's this organization that's been around since 2014, I think, if I read that right. It's spelled out unified, but it's Unify Ed. Unify Ed, kind of a play on the words. And it's an organization that's to, that's been uh, b- put together, basically a consultant organization, to look at the way schools in Hamilton County are funded, how they're, uh, every single thing about them, every single thing about how the schools function, their goal is to, is to make things uh, to make things better, I guess, for lack of a, a better way to put it. Again, this, this is, education in the in the uh, in the county is never something. Through all my years of caring about stuff around here and doing research on things, it's just something I've never put any time into because I've never had any kids, and it's just not been something that was overly concerning to me. I'm looking for what I pulled off of here. So yeah, my uh, my friend um, Patrick on. Uh, on a Twitter, I saw him posting about this, and he's much more up to date with a lot of these things. And so I just sent him a message, and I said, "Hey, explain what this Unify Ed is to me, and and you know, forgive and excuse the ignorance. What is this, and and where's the contention that I'm seeing here?" And his response was, "A bunch of people with money and influence, mostly liberal-minded people, banded together financially and otherwise." to actually try to drive change for the betterment of Hamilton County Public Schools. Unify Ed started a pact and hired a former Obama person, I guess somebody from their administ- his administration, then started lobbying for tax increases for education. Typical right-wing bullshit is skeptical, uh, and of course the dullards, as you call them, think it is some kind of liberal conspiracy to influence our kids into becoming socialist or something like that someday. They are just a convenient target for people to blame and attack and then it says they also have heavily gotten involved in the last school board and commission campaigns and supported people like jenny hill who i don't know david sharp and kathy lennon who both i do know which pissed off a lot of the conservative side of the commission now haha ding 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 bell goes off light bulb now i know why tim boyd was so pissed off a couple weeks ago and so that's that case, you know, like when you're, you know, your girlfriend or boyfriend or your brother, sister, mom, daughter, whatever, and you're, um, and something comes up that's just not really that big a deal, but you're just like, oh, I'm mad, I'm mad, oh, this, I'm pissed off, and really, you're not mad about that, you're mad about something else, 
and you just you didn't you know you weren't talking about it that moment and you let that boil over. Kathy Lennon didn't say anything negative or nasty or mean or wrong to Tim Boyd. He's pissed off because he thinks a bunch of you know liberal hippie fags are going to come in here and teach you know kids to be you know socialist and communist and everything else when this is actually an innovation an innovative group of people that look like they're doing good work. Now, do I know that they're doing good work? Of course, I don't know that. But uh, now that explains a little bit more why Tim Boyd was so nasty out of nowhere just a couple of weeks ago. I, I would spend some time on that uh, organization, but I just don't know really enough about them. But they are, you know, they're heavily funding uh, the way schools get um, get funded. And, you know, you can... You can that can get dirty and nasty too and um and corrupt as well so i don't have even if i wanted to which i don't i don't have the time or staff or means or resources to do the kind of research that it takes to get to the bottom of that right now i can just follow where everybody's going with all this and i know people in both games and so i don't want something like this what basically is a non-story with these slides from this uh, this this presentation from a week or two ago to continue to fuel the fire of assholes like Tim Boyd. That was what was concerning to me about this. That and I wondered what it was. I looked at it like double take. The hell is that? Why do they what are they doing? And this wasn't a teaching uh, seminar. This wasn't here's how you teach kids. This isn't it, it wasn't saying these are the ideological f- focus points that you need to have. It was putting in perspective the way other cultures think, and you and these teachers are having to educate them and to give them the best understanding of what's going on. Completely harmless, nothing to see here. I need the Bar Brady South Bar. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. There's absolutely nothing to see here. We'll hear from John Kasich and, and talk about uh, these shootings here a little bit coming up next. Stone on air. We'll be right back. He's cool. Stoneonair.com. I voted for the 94, you know, this is a thing, Biden gets condemned for the 94, you know, crime bill. Well, that's when we banned assault weapons in high magazines. Now, what we found out is manufacturers figured out how to reconfigure the gun. And the fact is, though, the high magazine, high capacity magazine should have stayed in place. Uh, I believe those things matter. Now, when I did that, the gun people were against me all the time. When I ran for governor, the Democrat candidate for governor was endorsed by the NRA. They did everything they could to defeat me in that election. And unfortunately, the police union who wanted me to vote for that assault weapons ban was nowhere to be found. In fact, they endorsed him as well. So you pay, you pay a high price politically for leading on this issue. So can I take my gun up to heaven? You know, she's always been by my side. Listening to people argue about this on social media is mind-numbingly awful. Mind-numbingly awful. And when I ran across this John Kasich um, audio, I wanted to roll with it. First of all, because I really like John Kasich, and um, I'd love it if he was our president. Now, I don't think he'd talk like that if he was. I, I He's another, he, you know, remember when Zach Womp? finally got out of politics and then he started telling the truth and it's like man this guy's smart well the reason they can't tell the truth is because their constituents are absolute numb nuts and 
I mean, it, it sounds like children talking, yelling about getting their toys taken away when these when these uh, arguments and debates start on social media or even on TV or anywhere else. And I mean, it really does. It's it's like children. You can't take away my thing. I mean, it's it's. I don't even get involved with it anymore. I mean, there's just no point. Um, I'm never going to get involved with that conversation because I hate guns. If you listen regularly, you already know this. I don't like guns. Um, I don't think we should, but if for some reason somebody said, hey, we've decided to melt down every damn gun in the world, I'd say, hell yes. Hell yeah. Get rid of them. I don't do guns. I won't be around them. If there's one in the vicinity, either you're leaving or I'm leaving. They're not allowed in my house. They're not, I mean, I am not into this thing at all. I am terrified of them. I don't think they protect any more than they do harm. I don't like it. Now, that being said, I'm not, I'm trying to take all your guns, guy. And um, and I don't think most anybody else is. I mean, there's lots of lefty running around crazy Democrats that love their damn guns, too. So rather than spoil the tease of the questions that I'm going to answer in the final segment of the show, the why do all these things happen more in America and how can we stop mass shooting violence, I'll uh, I'll just stop right there and we'll listen to John uh, Kasich. He was on with Jake Tapper on CNN. And um, I uh, I just I, I really like the guy and he's a real conservative. He's a real Christian. He's a real Republican. And there's not much more that I admire than authenticity. Now, I guess you can argue back and say, yeah, but when he was when he was the governor, when he was running for president, he was still that kind of policy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But at the end of the day, the guy is authentic. And uh, he was talking with Jake Tapper for a few. We'll just get things right off the bat. This is John Kasich on the Stone on Air podcast. Since Las Vegas, when I convened a group, there has been 34 of these type of shootings. And the fact of the matter is, it is outrageous for the politicians to just sit back and hope this will go away. One other thing, the media has a tendency to focus. They focus, they focus, and then it goes away. So there's no pressure. You want to pass gun control legislation, people need to start marching like they did in Parkland, Florida. Florida had no interest whatsoever in passing any kind of gun control legislation until those incredibly brave students demanded it. And the people of the state demanded it. I think I uh, edited these wrong, so that might double up a little bit on the next uh, audio clip. We will find out in a second. But I like the, uh, the his point. Media, stay on it. Media, stay on them. Don't let this story go away. Just like the front end of the uh, of the open there, where that was from the shooting at the newspaper in Maryland or whatever it was. I mean, you're not going to talk about it anymore after a couple of days. And to the media's, uh, to their defense, as I am very defensive of the media. They're, they're just like politicians. They really are in a lot of ways. And they, uh, they're they going to give the consumers what they want. And if today's story isn't about guns, they're going to go a different direction. So I don't know how you uh, reel that in. But John Kasich goes on, as he just started to a little bit there, to talk about if you want to change the laws, if you want real gun control legislation, here's how you do it. You want to pass gun control legislation, people need to start marching like they did in Parkland, Florida. Florida had no interest yeah, whatsoever part up in bit. passing any kind of gun control legislation until those incredibly brave students demanded it and the people of the state demanded it. Too much of the time, the only voice you hear from are gun owner people, most of whom are reasonable, but the ones who don't want any changes 
they just they just do a barrage of negativity. And the fact is, everybody else just sits still. So you want to get gun control legislation, begin to march for it and you will get it. I don't know how real the legislation in Florida is, meaning not real. Like I believe him that something has happened. But what what kind of real um, uh, change that it would actually have, what kind of effect it would have on who can and can't get a hold of what kind of guns? I mean, this is this is a complicated conversation to have. I I do recognize that, but apparently Florida has done something. Um, but as we all pretty much realize, again, that's why I don't understand why there's not more common ground on this. This is not about Republicans. This is about this is about Democrats. This is about Republicans, and this is about gun owners themselves that all a lot of times agree. It's just like we won't allow ourselves to agree. And let's be clear, most gun owners favor reasonable gun control legislation. And let me give you another little dirty secret out there. People want to blame all this on Republicans. They should carry a large part of this blame. Do you know how many Democrats run for the fences whenever this issue comes up? They don't want to deal with it either. I'm just telling you, I'm calling it the way it is. And see, he can actually do that now that he's not in, um, you know, in politics anymore. So he was just talking about uh, how many shootings there's been since Las Vegas and the Las Vegas shooting, which was it 50 plus there that was killed. Um, I remember what was going on in my life at that time. And I remember not exactly where I was when I heard it, but close. Tom Petty had died around that time. I had some changes at my day job going on. It's a very memorable time in my life. And I was horrified, horrified by that story. Because I've talked about it in the past, I can identify with that. Um, I and I, I guess I can identify with a shooting at a Walmart too. I guess because every now and again I should I, I find myself in one of those. But generally speaking, a lot of these happen at places that I just don't frequent. You know, talking all this school stuff. I don't have kids in school. I'm never in a school. I was walking around that school today. I was walking around that school today thinking, can you imagine? Can I, you know, self, hey, self, can you imagine what would what it would be like to be in these hallways with somebody who had, you know, an automatic, an assault rifle, a gun, and were shooting? I, I, I thought about that. I've never done that before. Um, but so the more you can identify with the situation that you're in, the more, uh, I guess, concerned you get. And um, that's kind of... It's kind of the point that he makes here to Jake Tapper. This is John Kasich on the Stone On Air podcast. You know, it's it's in it's in a Walmart in El Paso. It's in a garlic festival in California. It's in Dayton, you know, in a in an entertainment district. Jake, it could be our family. I know. And God bless those families. Did you see the pain on those people's faces? It's Did you see how it, it, it is? And it demands that we start to do something. We need leadership at all levels of both parties and the media that keeps the heat on. And we need people out there to begin to organize the rallies. And you're not going to get it all. Small steps, small steps. You're not going to prevent all this, right. but small steps can be very helpful. I don't know if he's right or not. I guess you wouldn't know until you try. Does he think that much will get done because of rallies and marching in the street? I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, nothing else is working, basically because n- nobody's ever talking about it. Uh, other than when we just argue and bicker back and forth on social media. And by we, I mean basically everybody else. 
Uh, but my my guess is you probably don't do it that much, and I can promise you I don't. Um, I might throw a few little bombs on Twitter every now and again, but a, a back and forth I do not participate in. But what I because my biggest thing I always say is I don't know I don't know what there is to do. If again, it's up to me. Nobody has guns. If, if guns were outlawed, only outlaws would have guns. You know, yeah, I I I get that, but um, it's more complicated than that. Let's see. Um, so of course everybody's blaming Trump now. Blaming Trump is dumb. Blaming uh, Trump is like blaming Obama for things. It's dumb, but. But, 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 I mentioned it on a podcast for a half hour uh, last week. Words do matter. Words are powerful. What you say when you're in a leadership and, and powerful position is important. And I think that is uh, going to be continuing to be under, more and more uh, understood as this disastrous, weird time frame we're in with this president is. But so he was asked, John Kasich, d- does Trump deserve any of this blame? And he does everything but say, absolutely no, he doesn't. He says just about everything else. And look, there's nobody been more critical of his divisive language than I have been. No, there's not a Republican in the universe that's been more critical, okay? This is not the time now. But what I will tell you, and what I have been so upset about and worked up about because of my own family and the risk to them and families all over America, is this business of dividing and hatred and polarization leads nowhere but a house divided against itself will not stand. That's not just me. That's biblical. And the fact is, is that this rhetoric, it's been going on for a long time, leads to people taking matters sometimes in their own hand, particularly when they are not in balance. One of the lines in there, he said, and you get this a lot, this is not that time. This is not the right time. This is a bad time. The timing's off. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the next segment as well. The time, this is bad time. Shouldn't do it now. This is bad time. Well, when there's never a good time, because I'm, I'm failing to ever hear that. I, I'm failing to hear, well, this is a bad time. Let's think about when a good time will be. When's a good time going to be? Next week at 4? Yeah, see what I'm saying? There, there is, there's no such thing as a good time. So if there's not a time that we consider to be a, an acceptable time to have these conversations, to get real and to get serious, then the bad time is the best time. And I mean that. If there's no other option, if there's no other, if, if there's no other arrangement, then there is no other time except for the bad time. And the more I think about it because of how powerful that it, um, and emotional it is at that time, that the bad time is probably the best time. Now, I don't like playing the here's what I would have done card. Drives me crazy, as a matter of fact, but... This is what John Kasich would say what he would have done this week if he were president. If I were president, I would convene a group today and I would say we're going to have some national gun reform, period, end of story. And they don't want to do that. They don't want to disrupt the base of people who are gun owners, including Democrats, as I might say again. They don't want to disrupt it. Could hurt them politically somehow. There should be a group convened today. It should include law enforcement. It should include community activists. It should, it should include people of faith. This is exactly, exactly what we did in Ohio. And we made a little bit of progress, but not the progress that I wanted. And here in Ohio, I call on Ohioans, Ohio legislators, the governor, all of them, pass the red flag law. Do something now. 
Stand up. Do something. Please. The red flag law I meant to look up before the show to find out exactly what it is. He talks more about that. That was about a 10 to 12, 13 minute or so uh, conversation they had on TV the other day. And they're talking about the red flag law. And I'm going to try to pull it up as I go here. I should just stop the damn show and uh, and do that, but I don't feel like it. See, the, in the United States, a red flag law is a gun violence prevention law that permits police or family members to petition a state court to order the temporary removal of firearms from a person who may present a danger to others or themselves. A judge makes a determination to issue the order based on statements and actions made by the gun order gun owner in question. Refusal to comply with the order is punishable as a criminal offense. After a set time, the guns are returned to the person for whom they were seized unless the court, excuse me, unless another court hearing extends the period of of confiscation. Jesus. Uh, Such orders are known by various names, including extreme risk protection orders, risk protection order, and it goes on from there. So it's basically what the name implies that if somebody, which we all know somebody or have been around somebody, we're like, that guy is a loose cannon. And if you have sufficient evidence that you think that this person could be a danger, you can uh, go through the steps to have that person evaluated. And it is uh, the, the judge, the criminal court, is there for as the protection for the person because you can see where this could you know I can see the argument on both sides I could do it if I wanted to I just I don't feel like it um, right now but that gets struck down every time it's brought up is that a common sense gun legislation initially it sure as hell sounds like it is to me but I would need to do a little bit more research so coming up next we'll close out the show with the final segment and I will answer the question why do all these things happen more in America? Shootings, mass incarceration, overdoses, drug addiction, disease, etc., so on and so forth. And how can we stop mass shootings and gun violence? I will answer those two questions coming up next. Coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com. Celebrity astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson is facing a lot of backlash for his take on the tragedies. So after the shootings, he tweeted about how many people die from common causes every 48 hours, saying the weekend's mass shootings pale in comparison. Tyson wrote this, often our emotions respond more to spectacle than to data. And then as you see on your screen there, he gives you some of the cases that, or what happens on a regular basis, 502 medical errors, 300 to the flu, 250 people to suicide, and so on. Well, some people did support him, but there were a number of others who said that the tweet belittled the violence. A survivor of the Parkland school shooting tweeted Tyson saying it was poor timing and that he officially lost all respect for him. Tyson did post a response titled Tweet Storm, where he said he believed the tweet would be helpful to anyone who was trying to save lives in America. And he wrote this. Quote, I apologize for not knowing in advance what effect my tweet could have on you. But honestly, Jen, a lot of people are still responding to him as like, wow, that was really tone deaf. And man, was your timing really off. 
sick to astrophysicists. That is what a number of tweets are saying in response to him. used to use this song as my intro music when I was filling in for Jeff over at Talk Radio 102.3. I love this song. But it just, for so long, reminded me so much of that asshole radio station. Uh, I had to shelve it as far as an intro went. And that Ryan Adams song is uh, works perfect, too. I love that apology from uh, Degrassi Tyson, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, and I mean it. I'm not. I'm not being sarcastic. I I apologize for not knowing in advance that my tweet would have offended you. Uh, clearly not a not an apology whatsoever. And I um I originally was going into this segment for a different reason. I pieced this thing together over the week. I had the third segment. Um, rejoin already put together and I decided not to go that route because I don't know I actually just I just changed my mind and um, the only thing I'll talk about it for just a minute is that if, if you saw it you I mean you heard that there's not much more and I didn't even pull it off to, to read it but it was like this many people die over 48 hour stretch um, and you know every every 48 hours or whatever it was it means of you know he he deals with science he deals with math and statistics and and you know things like that and my my first thought was you know yeah you know i mean it, that's that's a very good point i i enjoyed the tweet i really liked the guy too i'm biased but i guess what i got out of it and the point that i thought was important was that's why we never talk about, you know, anything later after these tragedies happen. And they don't that that narrative and those conversations doesn't stay out there because in the end, people don't really care that much. They only care about the spectacle, the, the sensationalized uh, world that we live in. Um, my ex uh, or my, my brother's ex-girlfriend from years ago, I'd never say her name out loud. I love her to death, but. She, I, I, this never left me because I just found it as just the most asinine thing ever. We're watching the the news, quote unquote, and she's like, "Oh, how right! I just love the news." No, <laughs> no, you don't love the news. You love the sensationalized aspect of the way it's presented and the scandalous stories of real life America. If you cared about the news, if you cared about the uh, you know the current events going on around you, you'd be at the city council meeting. You know, you'd be reading the the newspaper or at least, you know, some variation of it on an electronic device every day. Uh, you would be up to speed on on the county commission. You know, if the news, you know, just information being passed on about what's going on around you is actually what you really were into. And so I I want people to be concerned with all the all the fragile nature of of life. I you know, I I'm just on a war path to get people to stop using their cell phones while they're driving and distracted driving all the way around how dangerous it is. And it kills and it kills and it kills. I mean, if we were really concerned about death of others, we would spend more time on this when a tragedy hasn't happened. I mean, if we really, really valued strangers' lives, we would spend much more of our time uh, on preventative and proactive uh, rhetoric and and conversation and and action and legislation, but we don't do any of those things. 
ever. Just like the complaint of John Kasich, just like the complaint of the newspaper in Maryland, just like the complaint of many of us over all these years. So that's what grabbed me, grabbed my attention from Neil deGrasse Titans, Tyson's uh, tweet was, I mean, if you if you want to save people, if you really are concerned about the 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 lives, the innocent lives of Americans, then do something about it. Do something about it. But nobody ever does. Nobody ever does. But um, I'll just stop right there because it it upset a lot of people, and I get why. I got into borderline an argument with a couple people on my end too. So uh, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to. Uh, I'm not trying to be contrarian or just to go the other way, just for the sake of doing it. All right, wrapping up the show here in just a couple of minutes. So let's answer these questions. I've done, I did this on GOW uh, on Talk Radio many, many, many years ago. At least one of these I did. And the I'm going to answer these two questions. Why do all these things happen more in America than they do everywhere else? You hear that question a lot, whether it be rhetorical or not, or whether it just be a thought-provoking question that's meant as a comment more than an actual question. Why do all these things happen more in America? Why do shootings in general happen more in America? Why is there so much incarceration? Why, why are there overdoses and drug addiction like other countries don't see? Why is disease and cancer and, uh, and, and mental health issues more in this country than anywhere else? And the answer to that question is very, very simply put, it's because we allow it. It's because we allow it. Um, freedom is not free. You know, the cliched saying from the South Park uh, movie, what was it, Team America? Freedom isn't free. It's a hefty fucking fee. But, I mean, it's freedom's not free. You don't get to do whatever you want and not have consequences. You can't let 330 million people run around and do whatever the hell they want. I mean, you can, and you're going to have consequences. And the, this idea, this concept of all the, you know, the capitalistic nature of, of, the, of the world that we live in and the way that this country uh, conducts himself, itself every day does amazing things, amazing, amazing things all the time and does horrifically awful and disgusting things every single day, too. You don't get the good things without the bad. That's how it goes. The answer to the question, why are there more mass shootings? Why are there more? Why is there more drug addiction? Why is there more disease? Why is there more everything? The answer is it's because we allow it. Now, a similar kind of answer to a similar kind of question. How do we stop mass shootings and gun violence? How do we do it? Well, the real answer is we don't and we can't. But the answer to go along for more of a thought-provoking portion of this segment is because we don't take, or generally speaking, we don't take freedoms away. That's the only way that that we can do anything to stop mentally ill people who have easy access to drugs and internet propaganda and poison of all kinds, poison of the mind, poison of the... You know, indulgence and in the and the intake poison of the drug, poison of the of the deranged mind, and the access to weapons. The only way to stop that before it happens is to put in legislation and moves to attempt to take away freedoms. And generally speaking, 
None of us want any of our freedoms taken. I very much believe in the concept of saving people from themselves. I have very little faith in the average asshole walking around. Really, really, really have very little faith. And that's why I'm not a libertarian, because libertarianism doesn't work unless everybody cooperates and does it together. Uh, but that's it. If you want to to stop this, you have to take freedoms away or you have to restrict some freedoms. And if you don't want to do that, if we don't want to do that, if I don't want to do that, if nobody wants to do that, that's that, you know, OK, that's just the decision that's been made. And you're not going to you're not going to stop these terrible incidents from happening. There's going to be another one again soon and another one after that and another one after that. And so we all just hope it doesn't happen to us or our loved ones or our friends. It's a very, very, very simple answer. Now, the answer sucks. <laughs> Don't like the answer. Uh, Trump the other day was, I like some of his responses, to be honest with you. Uh, he had no choice, I'm sure. Some of his staffers told him the way he needed to approach that. But there was, I did catch a blurb about, you know, these violent and, you know, nasty video games. What are you going to do? You're going to take the video games away? That makes, you know, he said we got to restrict or something. I can't remember how he worded it. It's just, it's just talking points. Don Trump don't give a damn about whether people are getting shot up. He does. I mean, I'm not saying he wants it to happen, but five minutes from now, he's not going to think about it anymore. Just like the rest of us. Just like most everybody walking around. It's not just him. I'm not blaming him or trying to be a jerk about it. It's just he for that day, for this moment, he's got to say this. And I'm just thinking, what sounds more absurd? Let's try to put uh, some kind of gun control on assault weapons, you know, that are designed to kill people, or let's restrict or somehow uh, take away or limit video games. <laughs> it's just stupid. I mean, I mean, I, I think video games are as much a part of the problem as anything else with mental illness and um, and drugs and uh, instability of, of of one's life. But I mean take away video game. again you know it's just dumb and and th these conversations just are gonna they're gonna disappear and they disappear quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker and this go around i didn't watch any news coverage i don't have cable anymore so i can't watch you know the nightly news. i'm at can but I, it's not easy for me to get the nightly talking head shows and i don't like them enough to try to pull them up on an app i don't know any background of these people who uh who did these shootings i don't know exactly how many died i don't know i don't have a play-by-play sketch out of what happened and it's not that i don't care it's just it's not this is now just not designed for me to follow and try to care about anymore so i uh i just kind of don't all right i gotta get out appreciate you guys and gals finding the show looks like we're running at about a regular uh run time today as i mentioned on the front end i never am too sure how everything is going to go will there be a podcast next week i would like to think there will be i hope so every wednesday is the idea your midweek download destination. Y'all have a great one. Appreciate your patience for getting this thing to you a day late. And we'll talk to you on the radio and see you around. Take care. Bye.